Welcome to Meditatio Podcast, brought to you by WCCM. I'm Leonardo and this is our December edition. This is a special program with a review of our community in 2016. Thanks for downloading and I hope you like it. Hello my friends. So we are ending one more year and the, this was a very special year for WCCM because we celebrate 25 years since the John Main Seminar led by Pete Griffiths in Indiana, US and that was when the community was officially named. But let's start this year review in a chronological order. In January something really nice happened in Italy Father Lawrence was visiting the Italian community and he went with some Italian meditators to St. Peter's Square at the Vatican. Then Pope Francis did a special welcome to WCCM. Let's listen to this short piece. Saluto con affetto tutti voi venuti da diverse parrocchie d'Italia e di altri paesi. I partecipanti al convegno promosso dalla Comunità Mondiale per la Meditazione Cristiana. You can watch also a short video with this at the description of this podcast. In March we had, as usual, the Guiding Ward meeting in London, followed by the Berlin Holy Week retreat. This is always a beautiful moment in our calendar. We usually have a very international group in Bear Island and all the talks are live webcast. Let's listen now to some participants at this latest edition of the Bear Island Holy Week retreat. Uh, my name is Sister Ruth Montrichard. Well, Bear Island has been on my bucket list for a long time. I didn't think it would come so soon. It has been a very amazing experience, I think on three levels. First of all, the island itself, it's very beautiful. It's untouched in a way by, by industry and commercialism. And I think it, nature has its own beauty here, whether it's very cold, but there's a, a, a beauty in the coldness almost. And then on another level, meeting with meditators, people who are on the same wavelength, in the same zone. Um, you were talking, even though they spoke different languages, you were speaking the same language at a different level. And of course, the, through the talks, I think Father Lawrence's talks really unfolds the scripture and the whole story of, of Jesus' last days in a very special way. I think, I'd say he goes, beneath, under the pages of the Gospel and reveal something that resonates with people at different levels, whatever level you are at. So I think it has helped me to understand the whole story of the Passion at a, a deeper level and a, a level that more resonates with life and with what, what you know, you as an individual go through. Hi, uh, my name is Nick Scrementi. Uh, I'm 19 years old. I'm from uh, the States, I live in Washington, D.C. Um, so I've, uh, I'm connected with the world community uh, because um, I work for the John Main Center um, at Georgetown University. Uh, this week was, um, I'd say it was, it was difficult for me actually. Um, it wasn't 
um, transformative, I would say, but it was definitely it was definitely solidifying. Um, I found myself this week struggling uh, to meditate and um, struggling to uh, get the same sort of pleasure and sweetness out of it that I that I once that I once got, and I think. Um, that's more of a comment on my own spiritual life than on the, the retreat this week, but um, I think it indicates um, just a natural period, a natural low, a natural um, period of dryness that uh, we all must go through in the spiritual life. And, um, and in that sense, it's important for me now to, to continue with meditation and, and, and um, deep in my practice regardless of that. Um, but other than that, the, the, the island has been beautiful, the people have been beautiful, uh, the, the community is great and they're so deep in their bonds. I've met a lot of great people from around the world, been exposed to a lot of different cultures this week. Um, living in community is, was, um, was interesting because um, I think as meditators we all um, initially had a a sort of relaxation around each other. We were all immediately comfortable with each other and it didn't really take a lot of awkward encounters at the beginning or anything like that. We all just kind of got right down to business, um, which I think is, is indicative of what meditation really means and, and that it means communion with, with people and community and um, and deepening those bonds and really recognizing that no matter where you come from, you're going to be treated with love and compassion. All the talks of this retreat are available in our YouTube channel. Meditatio is our outreach to take meditation to the secular society. And uh, in this past year, we had a couple of nice Meditatio seminars. In May, the seminar Spirituality for a Secular Society was held in Prague, Czech Republic. So we're going to listen now to a short piece from Charles Taylor. <clears throat> so I think the title of the talk is uh, Shapes of Spirituality in the Secular Age. And... This is such a vast subject, I'm almost uh, paralyzed with, with fear and uncertainty before I start. But I think we can maybe find our way through this by looking at some of the big distinctions, oppositions, uh, alternatives that exist in this field. First of all, spirituality in a secular age, or spiritualities in a secular age, I should explain that by secular age, I mainly mean here an age that is secular in the third sense I try to introduce, that is an age which is an age of very profound and multiplying pluralism, plural choices in the field of spirituality, plural choices in the, or directions in the field of religion and in spirituality which is not obviously religious. So that's one way of introducing the subject, but what is really interesting, difficult to grasp, and I'm not sure I fully grasp in this subject, is spiritualities within this secular age 
that can be considered or consider themselves as secular. So it's not just spiritualities in the secular age, but secular spiritualities, or spiritualities that consider themselves such in this secular age of ours. Because in this galloping pluralism that we're living through, we find more and more of these, this kind of, uh, of spirituality. People say, I'm spiritual, not religious. People who say, I have no belief in anything transcendent, but I practice a certain spirituality. What could they mean by this? Many people who have a very firm, deep, implanted religious commitment find this puzzling and even ridiculous and unbelievable. This seminar is also available in our Meditatio website that is meditatio.co.uk meditatio.co.uk had another important international retreat, uh, the Monte Oliveto retreat in Siena, Italy. This is a silent retreat at the Monte Oliveto Maggiore Abbey, led by Father Lawrence Freeman and Giovanni Felicioni. The theme in this latest retreat was change. So change. Things either change for the better or for the worse. And You know the story of the Zen monk who was in Times Square in New York and he wanted to buy a hot dog and he uh, asked for a hot dog and the man said to him, um, what would you like on it? So the monk replied, with a smile, make me one with everything. <laughs> so the uh, man made the hot dog with ketchup and onions and all these other nice things. And he gave it to the monk and the monk gave him a $20 bill. And the man didn't give him anything back. So the monk said, what about my change? And the man said, the change is all within. <laughs> so, what else have we got to say about change? I've changed my mind a few times on what I was going to say about change. So change is something we live with constantly and yet we are very ambivalent about change, aren't we? We would all like things to be better, either the world or our finances or our health or whatever. We would like things to be different, to change according to our schedule. On the other hand, Change is something that we can't prevent. And there are many times and ways in which we 
fantasize about f freezing the moment or freezing a particular part of our lives or pausing the button. But, of course, change happens whether we like it or not. After Monteliveto, in the very end of June, we had uh, another Meditasa seminar, this time in London, and the theme was Hope for the Future, Meditation in Schools. Participants from different parts of the world shared their experiences on teaching meditation to children. The keynote speaker was Dr. Ron Williams, so we're going to listen out to a piece of his talk. We're talking about those things that help the kingdom on its way in us. Not by guaranteed methods and techniques, not by a kind of technology of the spirit, but just by sweeping away some of the sheer clutter and mess that habitually stops this happening. So, is the kingdom closer for some than for others? It does seem so, doesn't it? And when Jesus tells us to think about the children in our midst and to become like them, it sounds rather as though he's saying, there are people quite close to you that you're not noticing very much who are instinctively close to the kingdom. I don't think that Jesus was some kind of sentimentalist about children. And I don't imagine that children fighting in the streets of Nazareth who are any less annoying and unkind than children fighting in the streets anywhere else. But Jesus did notice something which actually nobody, literally nobody else in human history before him noticed. And that is that children are close to the kingdom. And Jesus speaks of receiving as a child that, I think, is the key. If you can receive the kingdom as a child does, that's the clue. Without any sentimentalizing of childhood, I think one of the things we can say about children is that they know how to receive. They know how to receive presents, surprises, friends. They don't have the defences that we bring to these circumstances which surround us with anxieties. Oh, here's a gift. Do I deserve it? What shall I do about it? What do they expect from me now? Help. And something about that unselfconscious capacity to receive is, I suspect, near the heart of what Jesus is telling us to recognise in the child. Receive as a child. So also in the very end of June and beginning of July, we had the National Coordinators Conference in East Sussex, UK. National coordinators and the contacts from 44 countries took part at this event, the first in seven years. 
It was a moment to remember WCCM's history, to nurture friendship, and to look ahead for the future of our community. Kim Nataraja stepped down as the director of the School of Meditation. And at this meeting, Father Lawrence presented the project of a new international home for WCCM in Bonvaux, France. The general response of the national coordinators was very enthusiastic. We're celebrating this uh, 25th anniversary of the community. I think in three, three, with three uh, aspects, really. Uh, the central one, and perhaps the most immediate and the most uh, amazing, I suppose, in a way, in a sense, is the just uh, being together, meditating together, listening to each other, getting to know each other, and uh, understanding uh, who we are, really, as a community, and really uh, experiencing the richness uh, the beauty and the, and the life of the spirit that is uh, among us as, as a group. And that's certainly for me. I, I mean, I'm in touch with the community all, all the time, but this is a, a, a wonderful uh, experience of, of discovery, really, of, of knowing uh, who we are. And so this, this is the first thing, really, just, just that we're here together and we're celebrating. So in celebration, you discover what it is you're celebrating. We're celebrating awareness celebrating the fact that we, who we are and discovering who we are and understanding what the Spirit of Christ is doing uh, through us and, and in us and with us. That's the first thing. Then we've also focused already a lot on the future, not just looking back over the past, which is telling a family history, which is interesting and enriching, I think, but uh, we're, we're looking forward not just looking back in nostalgia or reverie, but we're looking forward to who we are and will be in God's design uh, in the future. And that's why we focus so much on children, because uh, that's where our future is. And it's been beautiful for us, I think, for me, always to see how we are touching the lives of very young, very young lives. And uh, with a wonderful gift. Uh, and what enables us to do that? What kind of community allows us to do that? What kind of communication? What kind of resources? What kind of contacts? What kind of website? What kind of retreats? What kind of gatherings like this every five years or so? So these are all just ways which enable you know, so many of us to to share this gift with the, with the next uh, generation. So that's why I've, I asked you to think about what um, the, ch the children who are the 10-year-old child who's being introduced to meditation now, or the five-year-old child, uh, how will they, what will they see of the community, the World Community for Christian Meditation, in each of your countries and as a whole, uh, when they're 35 or so, so we're looking ahead. And the other uh, focal point, which also makes us look ahead, but it's related to our history, so I think there's a continuity here, is uh, the idea of a new home, a permanent home for the community. 
And uh, that's what I'd like us to talk about today. And I'd like to, I discussed this for several years uh, with the guiding board, with national coordinators, with the executive committee and the trustees and, and Jean Vanier and many other people, uh, and Richard Rohr and uh, all of whom had centers, of course. Uh, so I've discussed with them what they think. And uh, this is not a sudden idea. It's been maturing for, for many years. And um, it does seem to me and to the people that I've mentioned in our leadership and to that this is the right time for us to, uh, to move uh, on this idea of a permanent home. You can watch a special clip with participants at this National Coordinators Conference in our YouTube channel. To know Omar Bonvo, visit bonvowccm.org. Altogether, bonvowccm.org. In September, two friends communities gather for the John Main Seminar, LASH and WCCM. The seminar was led by Jovanier with the team Where the Light Comes In. Let's listen to a short piece of his talk. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light comes in. Uh, you're in a community here, which is for cracked people. And uh, somewhere it'll be important to reflect on what is the crack in me and in each one of us which will let the light come in? I say we are a community which is cracked because our role is to welcome people who have been excluded, who have been rejected, some have even been seen as a punishment of God. Many have felt excluded and pushed aside. And somewhere in every one of them, the place of the crack is humiliation. Humiliation is something very particular. And in a way, it's maybe what we're all fearing. To be humiliated. To be pushed down. To be not wanted. So at the heart of this community, this community uh, people who've been humiliated a lot. That is the crack. And what is the call? I'll begin with a little story of a little boy with an intellectual disability. 
and he was making his first communion in a church in Paris. This little boy called Francis, and it was a beautiful, yeah, beautiful Eucharist. After there was a celebration, and the uncle of the little boy, who was also his godfather, went up to the mother and said, wasn't it, wasn't it a beautiful celebration? Wasn't it a beautiful Eucharist? And the only thing that's sad is that he understood nothing. The way he said it, and at the moment he said it, which was a celebration for Francis, wounded the heart of the mother and tears came to her eyes. Francis, this little boy of 12, looked at her, saw the tears. He said, don't worry, mommy. Jesus loves me as I am. Which means, I don't have to be what you want me to be. I don't have to be what my uncle would want. I don't even have to be what maybe I would have liked to have been. I am. The healing of the crack is when somebody like Francis is seen and loved and loved by I love you just as you are. You can watch through all talks from the John Main Seminar in our website, including the talks from the pre-seminar retreat led by Lawrence Freeman. Also in September, we had the retreat on health and meditation, Bear Island, led by Dr. Barry White and Lawrence Freeman. And all the talks are available in audio format in our website, wccm.org, and also Meditasio website, meditasio.co.uk. In the same month, at the Meditasio Center, a very special day with uh, Dr. Ian McGilchrist, author of the book, The Master and His Emissary the divided brain and the making of the Western world. So we're going to listen now to a short piece of Ian McGilker's talk at the Meditation Center. I'm, I'm going to talk about the meaning of life and of the world, which of course is a small topic, so I'll get that done in the first quarter of an hour. Um, but uh, I want to just make some reflections on meaning because I think it has to do with the subject of the two hemispheres, which I'm going to come on to. Um, Owen Barfield pointed out the rather odd thing that the more we became aware of how to exploit and use the world, the less meaning we found in it. And I think that has something very much to do with the hemisphere hypothesis because I'm going to suggest that one of our hemispheres is principally there not to provide understanding of the world, but to help us manipulate and use it, and that the other hemisphere is uh, to help us uh, come to an understanding of it, but that's rather to, to rush on.
You can also download the talks by Dr. Ian at the Meditatio website. In October, uh, there was uh, a contemplative gathering in Colorado, USA. Thomas Keating, Tilden Edwards, Richard Hoare, and Lawrence Freeman met uh, in Snowmass to deepen their friendship and to nurture a community of Christian contemplatives. So let's listen now to a short message from Richard, Lawrence, and Thomas at the end of this meeting. We've just concluded here in Colorado a wonderful gathering of four leaders of different contemplative organizations, myself, Thomas Keating, Lawrence Freeman, Tilden Edwards, and it's really been a, a gracious time of sharing our commitment to the contemplative vision, to working together as friends and partners, and to quickly inviting in, hopefully, people of the next generation that can pass on the wisdom that we know we've been given to the next generation. Thank you for sending your prayers our way. Maybe the other brothers have something to say. Yes, it's been a wonderful meeting uh, in the spectacular surroundings with the mountains around us, uh, with this contemplative community here at Snowmass. Uh, it reminded me of how important uh, friendship is to the spiritual journey. It's an indispensable part of our personal and communal journey. And uh, we discovered how much, or rediscovered really, and articulated how much uh, we have in common, what unites us both at the source of our different uh, communities and different ways of working, and our goal, our, the source and the goal are the same. And out of this came, I think, a, a vision that we need to uh, open up new channels of communication for the contemplative wisdom for our time. We live uh, in a dangerous world and in a suffering world, and we all agree that this contemplative wisdom is deeply needed uh, and will be deeply welcomed by uh, our world, both religious and non-religious. And for that reason, we need a younger generation to collaborate with us and to take this message forward. Well, after these beautiful uh, summaries, there's not uh, <laughs> anything I can really add except uh, my own uh, deep sense of the movement of, of the Holy Spirit among us and with us. I really didn't think I would live this long to see a meeting like this. We're glad you did. Yes, thank you for, for bringing us together. And uh, so I feel that we're in the being uh, guided and inspired by the Spirit who is trying to reform the whole church of all the levels and also to, to heal the many wounds that this world is suffering from a lack of knowing the love of God for each of us and every other human being. So we want to preach the gospel by uh, re renewing our own and uh, contemplative life and, and sharing it as far as we can uh, as, uh, to those who are willing to bring into the world once again the good news
that God is love and that he loves each of us and dwells within us and is inviting every human being into the extraordinary divine life and sharing of all that God is that can be communicated to a human being. November we had a meditation seminar on meditation and aging in Sydney, Australia. So we're going to listen out to a short piece uh, of a talk from this seminar, one of the talks by Sarah Bachelard and Nay Miller practicing the vocation of aging. We conceive the vocation of aging as essentially as a vocation to be and become more truly ourselves. This isn't to be confused with narcissism or self-centeredness. For the more I become myself and live out my true personhood, the more I participate authentically and creatively in the life and well-being of the world. And nor is becoming myself reducible to some self-chosen project for fulfillment. In Christian understanding, human beings are created to be in the image and likeness of God, which means being radically responsive to and transformed by the Trinitarian communion of love. So just to let you know, all the talks of this seminar are available in audio in our uh, audio platform, that's SoundCloud, but you can find also in wccm.org and Meditatio website, meditatio.co.uk. So in the past months, uh, a lot of the work and efforts of our community involved Bonvo, the project of this new international center, the new home for WCCM in France. As I mentioned before, we have a special website for that. You can visit bonvowccm.org. That's uh, all together, bonvowccm.org. In this website, you will find all information, plans, photos, and also an easy way to donate to the project. Let's listen now uh, to a piece of Father Lawrence's message on Bonvo. When I first went to see Bonvo, I fell in love with it. But we've tested that feeling of falling in love uh, with many good uh, sources of advice, financial and otherwise. And we feel that this is the place for us to, to, to go to and to develop a center, a home for the world community for generations to come and also to create a center of contemplation in our troubled world. Bonveau will, will have a small residential community living in the spirit of the rule of St. Benedict and sharing its hospitality of course with uh, anyone who comes. It will be a place of training, a place of retreat, a place for deepening for our own community. We will have a, a program of events there which will also represent the different forms of outreach that we have developed into the world of business and finance, of education, especially our work with meditation with children 
and with the medical profession, with social justice, uh, with science, with the environment, because we've discovered over the years, of course, that meditation takes us to the very heart of our humanity. And therefore it takes us to the heart of what it is to be human in community. We live in a divided world. We live in a world of insecurity and conflict and dissension. We desperately need places of contemplative peace where people can feel reconciled and healed and united and where the vision of global unity can be can be reaffirmed. So to finish this last program of 2016, we're going to listen to a Leonard Cohen's song, uh, maybe the ma most famous song, Hallelujah, uh, in memory of this great artist that left us this year. This is an instrumental version of Hallelujah on a harp played by uh, a multi-instrumentist called Trench from YouTube. Thanks for listening Meditatio podcast. Bye bye and happy new year. <laughs>